You're listening to Destined Women Ministries, the podcast. Enjoy. God bless you. Good morning. I pray that your day so far is so blessed, and I pray that your day just becomes more and more awesome by the Spirit of the Living God. He's so good, so perfect, so holy. And we want to go to him right now in prayer. Heavenly Father, you are so good, so perfect, so holy. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. God, we are alive. We still have the opportunity to fellowship with you, get things right, learn of you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for helping us, for for guiding us, for teaching us, for not letting us go, Lord. Thank you for still working on us each and every day. We love you so much. And Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm just asking that you would just cover this broadcast with your blood. I'm asking that you would speak to your children. I'm asking in the name of Jesus that your spirit of wisdom would just rest upon me. Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever and your truth unto all generations. Thank you so much for being so amazing. You're so good, Jesus, and we love you. And it's in your name that we pray, Lord. Amen. 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 Isn't God so good and so amazing and so faithful? It's a blessing to be alive. So yes, what? We're continuing. This is part two. We are still learning about surrendering to God, yielding to him and um, relinquishing things to him, relinquishing ourselves to him and those things that we love and hold so dear and have been in control of for so long. We're learning the importance of just giving that thing up for God's perfect will to be um, materialized in your life. So the question becomes, should I give up? That is the question. Should you? Should you give up? Yes, you should give up. When God is asking you to let go, when God is asking you to move on from that thing or that person or that place, when God is asking you to give up or give it up, yes, you should. You know how some people say, just give it up. That's what Jesus is saying to a lot of us. Just give it up. Whatever that thing is, just surrender it. That sounds cuter. Just yield it. Just relinquish it to the Lord. Give it up. Just give it up. So we are not trained to believe that strong people give their things up willingly. Okay. We're trained to believe that if you're strong, you hold on to your stuff. Nobody can tell you what to do. You're in control. You have the power. It's yours. Nobody can take it from you. If they try, there's going to be a fight. And this is Adam. Okay. That's how Adam acts. That doesn't even have to be a demon. It doesn't have to be a prideful spirit or anything like that. Sometimes it's just Adam. I mean, sometimes it can be a demon making you cut up, but sometimes it's just us as human beings. We want our stuff, right? (laughs) That's the Adam nature. We just want our own things. Okay. And we believe that what you have you fight for it. You hold on to it. You don't let anybody take it from you. Okay. This is a survival instinct type thing. And when we come to the Lord and we become Christians and we say, Lord, I surrender my life to you. I love you so much. Thank you for saving my soul. And God says, give this to me. You're like, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know if Jesus will really ask me for that. 
why would he want this? You know, and this is where the struggle comes in because we are accustomed to fighting for what's ours. If someone takes it or if someone wants it or whatever, we are accustomed to holding on to that thing, protecting that thing, hiding that thing. But Jesus wants everything, even the things that you have hidden, all of that. He will cause it to come to the surface and he'll say, yes, give me that too. Because I, I like to say he strips us so that he can reclothe us the right way. He causes us to get rid of those toxic relationships so that he can put the right ones into our lives. We ask for the right friends. Are we ready for the right friends? Do Are we free from our issues enough to have the right friends? Do we still think they're going to like stab us in the back? <clears throat> Pardon me. Do we still think that they're going to be talking about us? Are we going to be comparing them to our old friends? You know, do we still have trust issues with people? Well, get rid of those things. Allow the Lord to help you with that. And then he will usher in some new friends into your life. You know, we just have to learn how to follow God's process. Okay. And we have to learn how to yield and surrender to what he is saying. Glory to God. So yes, God wants everything. He wants that too. Can you think of something else? He probably gonna want that too. Okay. But it's just him removing all the old things so that he can give you an abundance of new, blessed, holy sanctified things. And we thank him for that. Okay. But the first step is you surrendering. Can you imagine if Abraham was like, nah, I ain't going nowhere. Like, can you imagine that? Like, I think God told me, but I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to wait. <laughs> I'm going to wait a little while. Like, as a matter of fact, I'm not doing, I don't think God would tell me that because I'm too old, you know, like, no, absolutely not. It's good when we move upon compulsion. That's a part of surrendering to the Lord. When we say, yep. Oh, you said what? Take it. Yes. Take it. Take it all. If that's what you want, you can have it. Glory to God. We hold on to the little things that we have. Um, like that scripture says in Ecclesiastes, there's someone who is always giving away and yet they still increase. And then there's one who holds on to everything that they have, but yet he still never has enough. We don't want to be like that. Okay. We don't want to be those people that don't know how to give, don't know how to surrender. And we just hold on to everything that we have, but all we have is what we have. And we're never growing, never increasing nothing. We're in the same place. We want to be like those people who know how to give and know how to surrender and know how to give it up and say, you know what, even though I keep pouring out, even though I keep giving, even though I keep surrendering and yielding and sacrificing, I keep growing. Wow. Even though I keep making myself inferior, I keep becoming like the superior one. Isn't that amazing? That is Kingdom Dynamics 101. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. So we're learning about this thing, surrender. We're learning to surrender. We are learning to yield by God's grace. We are learning to relinquish all of those things that we feel are so important. Okay. Let's go to Matthew, the 11th chapter. I'm going to read these scriptures that God gave to me concerning this topic. And also, I want you to know I'm going to be reading the English Standard Version of these scriptures. Okay, are we there? Matthew 11, 28 through 29. God says, come to me. Come to me. Come on. Come on over here. Come up a little higher. All who labor and are heavy 
laden and I will give you rest. And you know, the spirit of the Lord is saying a lot of the things that we are holding on to that we've been hoping for and that, you know, God is asking for that we don't want to sacrifice and just hand over to God. Yes, you hand over your hopes to the Lord too. Those things are heavy. Those things are causing you to have unnecessary labor in your life. God says, give me those things. Surrender those things to me. You can't handle those things the way that I can. Give those things to me and in return, listen to what God says that he'll give you rest. He says, give me all of your burden, give burdens. Give me all of the things that cause, causes you to toil and labor. Give those things to me. And in exchange for that, I will give you rest. So I want you to know we can take this scripture as proof, scriptural proof that God is only attempting to make your life easier. Okay. He's attempting to take away everything that has the potential or that has brought stress into your life. And he's saying, that's not for you. That's not your portion. I want to give you rest. This is why I'm asking you to sacrifice this. This is why I'm asking you to surrender that. This is why I'm asking you to relinquish the situation. This is why I'm instructing you to move to this particular location is because I want you to have rest. And so then he goes on in verse 29 and he says, take my yoke upon you. Okay. And learn from me. So he says, listen, you have all of these yokes from the world or the relationships that you've put together and the things that you love for your own self, things that I did not give you. And you don't want to let those things go. Okay. Or maybe I gave them to you and I'm telling you the season for those things are up and you don't want to let those things go. Now these things are heavy for you. Now these things are burdensome for you. I'm instructing you to take my yoke upon you, my yoke, learn what it means to be a child of God. He says, learn from me. You've learned from everyone else as you've grown up and become an adult and you started doing your own thing. Now I need you to relinquish that. I need you to relinquish those learned mindsets and I need you to learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart. So he's saying you put on my character, you will find peace. You will find meekness. You will find gentleness. You will find love. You will find joy. You will find humility. All the things that you cannot act uh, in a successful way, demonstrate or possess as long as you are laboring and toiling with these things that I'm telling you, you need to hand over. And he says, and when you do this, you will find rest for your souls. We love our mothers. We love our fathers. We love our sisters. We love our brothers. We love, um, you know, our coworkers. We love our family members, but we don't need to learn to be like them. We need to learn to be like Jesus. And sometimes as people, we have a habit of looking around and it's good to find influence and say, you know what? That's a great person. I want to model that person and stuff like that. Follow people as they follow Christ. These people should be teaching you to learn from Jesus. Okay. And quite frankly, no matter 
who you say, you know what, that's a good person to, to model myself after that person is a good example. Jesus is the only one that can give you rest. Okay. You have to learn from him. There has to come a point where you say, you know what, everything that I'm doing now, I'm not doing it because so-and-so said so. I'm not doing it because it's going to make me look deep and spiritual. I'm not doing it because I saw someone else doing it. I'm doing it because Jesus said for me to do it. That's why. Because I love him. I'm giving this thing up. And God, in exchange, give me your rest. Come on. Y'all need to declare it out your mouth. I don't want to fornicate no more. Say it. Go ahead. Say, I don't want to fornicate anymore. And that's if that's your struggle. God, give me rest. I'm giving this heavy burden of sexual immorality to you. In, ex in, in exchange, give me rest. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's all he's trying to do. What else? Whatever that thing is, whatever that burden is, whatever that sin is, you say, you know what, Lord? I don't want this no more. I just want rest. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, and God will give it to you if you are willing to yield and surrender. Turn with me to Proverbs 3. This is the other scripture that God gave me. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Thank you, Jesus. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. And I also want to say for those of you who are in ministry, just getting back to what we spoke about on Monday as far as listening to the Lord when he speaks. This is the Lord's ministry. And whatever ministry you have, it belongs to the Lord, right? You are partnered with him just to materialize his will in this earth, this um, physical realm. Um, when he tells you to do something, you don't have time all the time to say, you know what? I'm going to go on a 40 day fast and figure out exactly what the Lord wants me to do. You have to move with the spirit of the living God. You do not have time to be sitting around doubting and wondering when God has put you into the work of the ministry. You say yes, and you just do what he says. Amen? Amen. So um, sometimes in ministry, you don't have actual time <laughs> to sit around and wonder like, hey, was this? Of course it was Jesus. Who else is going to tell you to read to them Proverbs 3 and 5 to trust in the Lord? Who do you think that is? Come on, y'all. Some of this stuff is just, we love, to, we admire when God speaks. And this is why people admire prophets and stuff like that so much in the church. We just, uh, oh my goodness. No, it doesn't matter their character or anything. We just, he's right. She's right. They could slip in some, some stuff that's not even scriptural, but because they prophesy correctly, um, we're going to listen to them because we're so enamored because people can hear God. We're so enamored by that. You can hear him too. Yes. God is not speaking into your ear, lying to you. You can actually hear him. And I, I want to encourage you to move upon what God said. And I also don't want you to um, be looking at people shifty eyed if they prophesy. Okay. <laughs> like, I don't know about them. Let me, it's always good though, to know them by their fruit. Okay. I, I, I recommend that, but let's be kind and um, not harsh. I hope I don't um, you know, cause anybody to look at people too critically. We, we test the spirit. We try the spirit. We look at the fruit. If they don't bear witness with our spirit for whatever reason, even if we can't pinpoint it, then we step away. But we don't talk about people. We're not harsh critics. So I repent for that. If I, in any way, 
put that out there because I don't. I want us all to just know love and peace and joy and do this right here. Like Jesus said, be as wise as serpents, but as harmless as doves. Okay. Just because we may see something that doesn't mean we got to jump up, start pointing the finger and exposing everybody. Okay. You be nice. You be kind. You be loving. You see it. But if Jesus doesn't compel you to say anything, don't say anything. Just thank him because you can see it. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. So when God is asking us to yield or to surrender or to give it up or to relinquish, this is what the human heart does. This is what the human mind does. This is what the Adam nature does. Adam begins to say, well, this doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. The, um, the example of tithing came to mind. How does God expect me? How can he tell me that I'm going to increase and he's asking me to give away? That's Adam's own understanding. Well, let's see something else. For those of us where God said to leave your job for ministry or whatever it is, um, how can God tell me to leave my job for ministry? How am I supposed to eat? That's Adam. Adam may have very justifiable concerns. It doesn't matter. You have to trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean to your own understanding. Because a lot of some of the things I won't say a lot. There are many things that the Lord will tell you to do that will not make any sense. Lord Jesus, come on. I just, I felt that one in my spirit. Like if y'all didn't feel that one, Tiffany felt that one over here. Like she felt that. Come on. There's a lot of things the Lord will ask you to do that will not make any sense to you. They won't seem like the easiest thing. They won't seem like the most convenient option. But in all of this, isn't it amazing that God is just attempting to give us rest? Let me tell y'all, I could take off running right there from that statement. I could take off running because it's always these battles. And God is like, I'm just trying to take you into a better position. It's your resistance and your lack of understanding and your own human nature that is making this difficult, that is causing this to be prolonged. I just need you to trust me. And God does not just want some of your heart to be involved. He doesn't just want a portion of your heart to be involved. God says, trust me with all your heart. Those areas that you have surrendered to other people, other relationships, other things, your career, your family. He says, trust me with all of your heart. So that means anything and everything that's in your heart too. give it all over to Jesus. Trust him with all your heart. And also trust him with all your heart, not just all the contents of it, but with your whole mind, intellect, all of that, your soul, trust him and do not lean on your own understanding. As long as we're trying to figure this thing out with our human brains, it will not make sense. How are you going to cause me to prosper by taking everything away from me? Okay. How are you going to tell me to, you know, leave everything and everyone I know because you have a better life for me and I don't have anything set up where I'm going. I'm telling y'all, God will have you move. <laughs> he will be like, listen, I want you to move right on over to a state that you've never even been to. You know what I'm saying? 
I want you to go here. I want you to do this. I want you to, you know, he has these specific instructions for us and they really don't make sense sometimes you all, but they don't make sense to us now because we're in the now and we serve a God, as we all know, who is not just in the now he's in eternity. So he knows the end all the way from the beginning. And so he'll tell you, this is what's going to happen. And you'll say, wow, that's great. That's grand. I want that. And he'll say, okay. And then like a year later, he'll start asking you and telling you to do things. And you're like, why would I do that? Because you have to get to that grand and beautiful and that triumphant end result that he sent someone or that he spoke to you, sent someone to speak to you or that he spoke to you himself. So yeah, there is an end result and he's going to declare it because who else declares the end from the beginning? Nobody. God says that in his word. He does that. He will tell you what's going to happen. And then he will guide you as you trust him. Now you got to trust him with every step as you get there. <sighs> In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. <sighs> Y'all, can we just glorify God? That he says, all you have to do is acknowledge me. Remember what we learned about, was it yielding? Yeah, when you, when you yield to something, you acknowledge their superiority. Wow. So he's saying, in all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, yield to God. Acknowledge his superiority. And when you do that, he will make straight your paths. Do you know that you don't have the power to straighten out your own paths? All you do is keep taking them steps. And without God's grace, you wouldn't even be able to do that. But all you do is keep moving forward. God laid the path and he straightens it out for you. He says, this is the way I want you to walk. Remember what we just spoke about. He makes things easier for you. So he's not even putting you on a crooked path, y'all. I mean, even if things have gotten kind of crooked, he will make those paths straight for you if you acknowledge him in all your ways. Now, if you choose not to acknowledge him in all your ways, just simply saying, if you choose to only acknowledge him sometimes in some ways with some things, expect yourself to trip up and fall on this path that has not been made straight by him. God says, in all your ways, acknowledge me and I will make your paths straight. Amen. Amen. So if you want things to begin to get easier, you have to acknowledge him. You have to understand that he has an unwavering love for you. You have to understand that he has this deep desire to have fellowship with you. You have to understand these things. And, 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 you know, sometimes when we begin to doubt God's love and doubt that he wants this deep relationship with us and doubt that he actually desires us, it messes up what he's able to actually do in our life. We're not really acknowledging him as the lover of our souls and who he wants to be in our lives. And so we keep walking on these crooked paths and saying, well, God definitely doesn't love me because this definitely wouldn't happen. He's like, no, I do love you, but you won't receive it. Okay. You can trust me, you, but you keep choosing not to. Okay. I can do better with your life, but you just don't want to hand it up. So as long as you're not able to completely acknowledge him, how can he straighten out your paths? How? Okay, turn with me to Psalm 9. We're going to the ninth Psalm and we're going to start at the seventh verse. Psalm 9, verse 7. And I just thought this was so 
interesting and comforting at the same time. So Psalm 9, 7 through 10. But the Lord sits enthroned forever. Can we just pause at God's sovereignty and what he declares about himself? How can we not surrender? How can we not yield and relinquish to the one who sits enthroned forever? When the king is asking you to give him something, how can we hold it back? Lord Jesus, on earth people know better. And now we're dealing with the king of kings, okay? And he's asking you, surrender that to me. And you're like, when? <laughs> you're like, let me go pray about this. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not making light of it. I, I'm serious. God bless you. But this is how we've all been, myself included, at some point. And we just have to grow to that point where we understand, no, when he asks for something, we give it to him. We surrender it. We, we yield. We relinquish. What else are we going to do? Listen, y'all, I want my seasons. I want my, I want my seasons to happen and hit without delay. I don't have no more time to try to figure things out myself. I don't have the time. I don't want to do it. I want God's will for my life. Amen. Amen. He is the one who sits enthroned forever. Always going to be on the throne. Okay. That's who you serve. What are you afraid of? Wow. And then it goes on to say, he has established his throne for justice. So right there, he's telling us right there, listen, I sit here and I make things right. <sighs> Isn't the Holy Spirit amazing? Jesus. He says he has established his throne for justice. So I'm sitting in throne forever. And this throne has been established for justice to make things right in every way to pour out righteousness upon this earth. This is what my throne has been established for. I am sitting on this throne forever that has been established for justice. So do you really think the God who has established the throne that he's sitting on forever for justice is going to allow this to go bad for you? Verse eight says, and he judges the world with righteousness and he judges the people with uprightness. God is only telling you to surrender that thing or relinquish that thing or acknowledge his superiority in that area or yield because it's the right thing to do according to his judgments. Now your judgments, I'm going to tell you, I may not even know you personally, but I'm just going to say this based upon humanity, myself included in humanity, we don't always judge righteously. As a matter of fact, if it wasn't for God's word, we wouldn't judge righteously. <laughs> it would be Adam and demons all over our decisions, okay? But God, he judges you uprightly. He judges us with righteousness. And so he's looking at your life. He loves you now. His eyes are upon you. He's watching you. He's with you. He knows you. He formed you before you were formed. He knew you 
and he's looking at your life and he's looking at your heart and he's looking at your circumstances and he's saying, you know what? Right now is the perfect time for her to end that relationship. I see it going bad. Right now is the perfect time for him to leave that job. Right now. He's judging you righteously. And so in our finite, not infinite, in our finite knowledge, we say, no. There's no way that this makes any sense. There's no way looking around at my life that I should give up this relationship. This person really cares about me. There's no way looking at my life that I should give up this job. This job, it is, it's sustaining me. I need this job to pay my bills. Okay. God is looking at you and he's saying, I'm judging you and your situation and your circumstances righteously. Give this up. Listen to what verse nine says. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. So scripturally uh, speaking, strongholds were not a bad thing. Okay, so now in our language, of course, we use it and we say, oh, that's a stronghold. It needs to be broken. And we're saying strong hold and more of when you think about the two, the, the, the compound word, it's more of a um, something that is strong and holding you or something like that. But in scripture, a stronghold was actually a place of protection. Okay. David would put himself in strongholds to hide from uh, Saul. Okay. Strongholds were a place where you can be covered and protected and people would not be able to see you or get to you. So it says the Lord is that for the oppressed. The Lord is a stronghold. He is this high wall that surrounds you or this high covering that surrounds you that you are in. Remember, we abide in Christ that you are in glory to the name of the Lord and he covers you from life's issues. Remember what he says, I will give you rest. Okay. So some of us have strongholds, strongholds in a literal sense that we don't want to, um, you know, let go of. We may not see it as a stronghold, something that's powerful, that's holding us, holding us back from Christ, holding us back from potential, holding us back from living a chaste life, whatever it is. We don't want to give that up to allow God to be a stronghold for us, that place of covering and that place of protection. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Do you believe that this situation is a time of trouble? Do you believe that the doctor's report would be considered a time of trouble? Do you believe that what your husband or your spouse has said to you would indicate a time of trouble? Do you believe your heart towards them? indicates a time of trouble. Do you believe that your finances or um, something like that is suffering some type of oppression? Do you believe your family is suffering some type of oppression? Well, the Bible says the Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed and he's a stronghold in times of trouble. So God is not going to leave you because you're having issues and God is not going to leave you because he's because you're having trouble. He's going to become a place of covering and protection from for you. However, you have to be willing to give those things up that may be hurting you. And listen, if it's that doctor's report, yes, give that thing up. Say, you know what, God, I can't handle this. This is a burden. 
This is causing me to labor. I will give you that in exchange for your rest. Be my stronghold. Cover me. Be a high wall round about me. Amen. Be a wall of fire round about me, Jesus. Verse 10 says, and those who know your name, put their trust in you. Hallelujah. If you know him, if you really know the name of Jesus, how can you not trust him? Those who know your name, if you know it, that's where you're going to put your trust. You say, you know what? I'm not going to put my trust in whatever your name is, right? I'm not going to put my trust in, in Crystal. I'm not going to put my, my trust in Lisa. I'm putting my trust in the Lord. That's the name that I can trust. That's the name that has never failed me. Now, whatever your name is, I'm pretty confident that at some point in life, you failed yourself, that you lived beneath your expectation or that you did something that you know good and well, you ain't had no business doing. You cannot put your trust in your own name. And as long as you are unwilling and unmoving um, when it comes to God saying, surrender, relinquish, yield. <sighs> Let me just say the scripture again. And those who know your name, put their trust in you. Who are you going to trust? Whose name is the name that is above all names? Whose name are you going to surrender to? Your name or the name of our Lord? Those who know your name, if you know his name, then you put your trust in him. And I even hear God saying that concerning fasting, that some of you feel like you can't do it, don't want to do it, got a bunch of reasons why you shouldn't do it. And God is saying, if you know my name, then you will put your trust in me to take you through that season of fasting. Then it says, for you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. If you know him, then you know that he does not forsake people who are seeking him. As a matter of fact, he tells us in Matthew, he says, if you seek, you will find. He leaves no doubt. He leaves no room for you to wonder. If you seek, you will find. Scripture says, you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. There's no way that we're seeking the Lord, but we're unwilling to surrender. There's no way that we are truly seeking God and we are unwilling to yield. There's no way that we are truly seeking God and we cannot relinquish. Amen. Amen. I pray this has blessed you and I pray that it has brought whatever has been in your heart. I pray that it has brought some perspective to it, some scriptural perspective, some wisdom to it. And I pray that it makes it easier for you to listen to the Lord as he instructs you. And I pray that you have a better understanding as to why this is happening. There's nothing wrong with getting understanding. Scripture says with all you're getting, all the things that you're getting every single day throughout life, make sure that you get understanding. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your word. We want to surrender to you. We want to yield to you. Strengthen us, mature us so that we can 
It's in Jesus' name that we pray and we cover this word, this broadcast, and I decree that this word cannot be stolen in the name of Jesus. It was received with understanding, Lord, and the enemy cannot steal it away in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let this word take root and bear fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. I cover you all with the blood of Jesus. Have a blessed day or evening, depending on what time you're listening to this. Amen.